We're watching films on the toilet Cause that's what dads have to do When the movie's unsuitable for your kids Then pretend you need a number two If you need a break from your family or spouse There's a lavatorial picture house Watch Terminator 2 while you're sitting on the loo Enjoy the whole of Rambo 4 with your trousers on the floor We're watching films on the toilet How about you? Yeah. Shall I start this one? Because what I've noticed is you kind of psych yourself up before we start. I do, I do. And that sort of carries over a little bit. So pretty much the start of every show begins with you making some kind of noise. Yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I just thought we might try something different, maybe just start with words. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I put quite a lot of effort into that, but I guess it's cool to seem like you're not trying. That's cool, isn't it? I suppose also people will understand what it is I'm trying to communicate. That's the upside of using words. But what was that song? Rihanna released a song. Oh, that was it. It was work, wasn't it? That there, 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 there. And everyone's like, oh, it's so cool because it sounds like she's like not even trying to say anything. But it's kind of like what you're doing. Yeah, I am a lot like Rihanna. You are actually. You mm-hmm. you model underwear, don't you? You're very kind with that description. It's it's adult nappies <laughs> and continents pants. <laughs> yeah, underwear. The agent said to me, "It's just got the right size gut. <laughs> got the right size gut to make it really work for you." Do you, you feel like that was a compliment? I took it as one. It's just honesty, isn't it? Like in the modelling world, people are just mm. brutally honest. They don't they don't mess about. No one would believe a person with, with a six-pack needs to wear light incontinence pants. It's just not going to happen. It is, though. You imagine all those people that take human growth hormones, I bet they mm. can't control their bowels at all. Oh, man, I would love that. Happy Would that be, like, the, the, the ultimate feel-good revenge if, if you were there with, like, someone who's, like, shredded? Yeah, super torn. And they were like, uh, all right there, chubster, look at your chubby guts. And you'd be feeling, like, bad about it. And then they'd be like, oh, oh, no. Oh, I'm shitting myself again. Because <laughs> uh, imagine if you were doing like uh, the the muscle poses mm. that muscle men do. <laughs> you have to strain quite quite hard. I bet that happens. A hundred percent, that happens. They strain super hard, don't they? Again, I I just there's there's no way of not finding that funny. <laughs> do you think they all like take precautions just in case? Definitely. I bet they take, what is it, Imodium? Yeah, they probably do that. I, I, I was thinking about more practical measures. What, like a cork? Like a, the wadding, yeah. <laughs> they pull out that Bruce Forsyth stack and... Uh... <laughs> no, they don't do a Bruce Forsyth. They, <laughs> they do. do. They do. <laughs> and then the cork pops out. <laughs> That's how they celebrate. <laughs> Welcome to Watching Films on the Toilet. A podcast with a couple of couple of all oh, right lads, aren't we? Right Here lads, we couple of lads, a um, couple of old lads, I suppose. One called Ben, the other called Eamon. Yeah, you can you can figure out which is which. I'm going to tell you which episode. is which. It's up to you. You can choose. Mm. We watch movies that we can't watch with our kids in our toilet house because mm. that's the only place we can go, and it's it's nice in there. So this week we're going to be talking about the 2021 movie. The Many Saints of Newark, which was the Sopranos prequel movie. And we have a special guest, my good friend, Jerry Delguecho. He is the host of uh, Instagram pizza review show, I suppose. 
called uh, Bite Twice, Rate the Slice or Bite Twice Pizza Reviews. One of the two, you'll tell us that, that later, which is brilliant and hilarious. Um, and he's a, he's a good friend of mine. I went to university with him. We watched The Sopranos together when it was out. He's also uh, the lead singer of a band called Six Nation States who have recently reformed. So we're going to be talking about The Many Saints of Newark later, which will be great. But first of all, we have some correspondence, Eamon. Oh. We've got a letter. This one is from, it's quite serious. Don't want to bring down the mood straight away, but it's from the London Fire Brigade. oh i I wonder what this could be about (laughs) so if you listen to our last episode our halloween special you probably know you might have an idea what this is about but i'll read it and um you'll figure out as you go along so dear watching films on the toilet we are deeply concerned by comments made in a recent episode of your podcast regarding times when it is appropriate to burn someone's house down These so-called rules are irresponsible and potentially life-threatening, and we hope you will address the misleading claims on your next episode. We are reluctantly yet legally required to add that a bylaw made by the London County Council in the late 1800s states that any man who discovers his wife laying with a man of short stature is entitled to burn the offending party's house to the ground, and fashion himself a new wife from the ashes. His unfaithful wife is then required to carry the ash wife on her back along the banks of the River Thames, while the market traders (laughs) toss their spoiled fruit and vegetables in her direction. If the ash wife remains intact after the bombardment has ceased, the recreant spouse may deliver the ash wife to her husband's home before jumping from the nearest bridge into the River Thames. However, if the ash wife is damaged, the cheating partner must consume the remains before jumping from the nearest bridge into the River Thames. Although this bylaw still applies today, we cannot guarantee its reliability in the defence of related actions. Yours sincerely, the London Fire Brigade. <laughs> Is that too weird? It was absolutely mental. <laughs> <laughs> to begin with, to begin with, I thought it might have been one of those quaint old <laughs> laws that do exist and then as time went on i was just like oh, oh my god what is he what is he doing <laughs> yeah well yeah maybe what i was trying to go for wasn't quite wasn't quite there was what were you trying weird. to go for boom oh just you know just the idea that they've told us not <laughs> they've told us not to burn houses down but mm. turns out there's this law really weird old <laughs> law that means yeah. that we could right yeah that's what i was trying to go for it's funny because usually what happens is they'll send a letter like scolding us mm. and then we then build upon that ourselves but what i like about the london fire brigade is, is no they're just launched into this absolutely crazy <laughs> bylaw i know but they had to tell us because it's related isn't I'm it i'm glad they did tell us yeah yeah yeah, good. Okay. Any any listeners out there, <laughs> if you've made an ash wife or if you've had to carry an ash spouse along the River Thames, please let us know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know. Uh, well, maybe we'll leave that one out. No, no, no. No, no. We're keeping that in. <laughs> it might be too weird. No, no, we're keeping that in. <laughs> Well, I mean, tough act to follow that, but I, I do have, do have a piece of. It's not really. Well, I suppose it is correspondence. Mm. 
Remember a, f a few episodes back, I received a poison pen letter, as they're called. It's one of those letters made up of, like, scraps of newspaper. Yeah, yeah. That person's been in touch again. Oh, no. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> let's just read you what it says. Mm. Uh, Dear Watching Films on the Toilet, uh, your anonymous friend here. No hard evidence to follow up our initial discussions as yet, but I did steal the enclosed document from James Cameron's trash can last week, and I thought it might be of interest. Oh. What this person has sent us is a top line, a treatment, uh, a one-pager, as okay. they say in the biz, yeah. of a, um, a film movie idea that James Cameron has been pitching. Ah, okay. Okay, so I'll just read you what, what it says. Yeah. Okay. The working title is called Dogfighter. Oh. Okay, all right. Johnny Calhoun is a hotshot Air Force pilot who moves to a sleepy air base in California looking to shake things up with his brash flying style. Mm. Over the course of the movie, Johnny will win the respect of his peers and ultimately of his commanders as his selfless yet flamboyant flying style wins the hearts and minds on the base. Right. At the same time, Johnny will try and keep a deep personal secret to himself, one which in these modern times shouldn't be an issue but it's still a controversial and taboo <laughs> subject in the military. A desire to fight and eat dogs. <laughs> this movie is a celebration of Johnny's twin qualities of rugged individualism on the field of battle and his integrity to stand up for what he believes in, namely hunting down and eating delicious dogs. By the end of the film, Johnny will save the day with his breathtaking plane flying and show up the anti-dog-eating brigade for the closed-minded bigots they really are. We close the picture with Johnny and his friends on the base celebrating with a big party, the centrepiece of which is a multi-dog roast, with a Great Dane being the outermost dog and a chihuahua at the centre. Approximate cost, $400 million. Wow. It's a little bit of backstory to this. Uh, yeah, you should probably give that. I, I had this theory that James Cameron kidnaps dogs yeah. and uh, eats them. You did have that theory. I didn't and, agree with it. And you didn't agree with it. But I, th I feel like what he's trying to do with this film is use a blockbuster to try and make this picadillo of his socially acceptable. Yes, to sort of subliminally plant this insidious idea in people's heads. So he's taking like the coolest thing you can think of, which is like a fighter pilot. Mm. And he's making that character find dog meat absolutely delicious. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's it's smart. Yeah, I mean, it's it's essentially Top Gun with with Tom Cruise eating dogs throughout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If that's what it is. Does James Cameron eat people as well? No, just dogs. Okay. He kills people. Right. He kills his he kills his nephews. We <laughs> we agreed on that. Yeah. Does the pilot kill a nephew in the film, or just? I think he's saving that for the sequel. <laughs> I mean, this is ironclad proof that James Cameron eats dogs, isn't it? Yeah. Come at me, James Cameron's lawyers. I mean, don't actually. <laughs> come at me and Ben, James <laughs> oh. Cameron's lawyers. Oh, come at Eamon. Oh. Come at us both. Come at Eamon. The toilet news, Ben. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Dad praised for a respectful way of taking daughter into public toilets. Mm. A proud dad has shared his genius advice on taking his daughter to the bathroom when they're out in public, and he's been praised online for protecting his kid. Blogger Mohammed Nitoto has come up with a solution for taking his daughter into toilets. He takes his, his daughter into the ladies' toilets. 
Right. Men's bathrooms, this is this is this guy. Men's bathrooms are disgusting. They smell like pee and nothing is set up for a woman or a person with a child. So the changing table was right next to the urinal, which means my child literally would be next to where men pee, where she's being changed. Uh, not to mention there are men going in and out whilst you're there. So instead, Mohammed carefully navigates a woman's restrooms with his daughters, making sure to announce his presence at all time. Right. I try to be respectful to women as I can while doing so, which consists of knocking on the door before entering and announcing myself. Okay. Making sure if someone is inside that they know I am a dad coming in with his daughter and making sure they are comfortable with that. Now, once inside a stall, I'm still aware of the door. Whenever I hear it open, uh, someone new is coming in. I announce myself again and make sure they know I'm inside with my child mm-hmm. so they aren't surprised. Sorry, this has been described as genius. Yeah. The newspaper describes it as genius. Just telling someone you're there. Wow. I can't think of anything that would give me more anxiety than going into a lady's toilet. I mean, or being a woman in the toilet and a man says, I'm coming in. I'm, I'm coming, coming in. It's okay. I've got a daughter. It, it's fine. Like, mm, it's not. It, it's an odd one. Do you I think, just... is it too strong to call this guy out as a horrible pervert? <laughs> Possibly a little little too strong i think he's sort of he's decided that that's what he's going to do and um he's he's not going to let anyone talk him down i don't think he's a genius no pervert maybe <laughs> just feels weird it's a bit self-aggrandizing because he's a bloggy they wrote like a massive blog post about it yeah so it wasn't just like someone caught him it's just like i find what you're doing fascinating can i tell me yeah. your story he, he wrote like a massive blog post oh this is genius it. <laughs> all you have to do is say you're coming in and no one can do anything about it absolute genius yeah yeah and it's it's this sort of this whole i'm a dad like changing my daughter that's not unique i'm afraid that's what you should be doing you're her father but don't barge in on women try and do their business sort yourself yeah. out mate this guy's despicable yeah yeah he also he also says that he he'll try and find the toilets where there's at least one woman doing a dump. <laughs> <laughs> and then... <laughs> says that at the end, does he? It says, uh, yeah, it says mm. it at the end. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. It says, also, it's like, oh, also. It says, oh, oh, also. <laughs> right. He tries... There's oh. Yeah. In the, in tried... the, ger- the journalist wrote, oh, in the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, also. <laughs> yeah. He tries to find toilets where the woman's doing a big dump. <laughs> I didn't say big before, but it does say big on in, on the on the story. Uh, <laughs> okay, right. Let's speak to Jerry. Woo! Yeah, that was a dumb down woo. Are you uh, were holding that back? I I would never do a full bodied woo. I want I want under, under no on. circumstances. Come on, I want okay, you to fine. unleash one more time. All right, okay. Okay, let's speak to Jerry. Yeah, come on, baby. <laughs> I can't wait. All <laughs> oh, right, <laughs> come on, baby! I can't wait. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Jerry, who's there? It's it's Ben and Eamon. Ben and Eamon, who? <laughs> it's not a joke. Come on in, come on in, guys. Oh, hey. Ooh, hey. Ooh. These guys. Didn't expect to see one of those on the floor. Jerry, can you pick that up, please? Can you pick that up and pop it in the bin? It's disgusting. <laughs> oh, I ate it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. 
And so this is very exciting. We are joined by my friend, Jerry, who happens to be a rock star, a businessman and an expert in pizza. Some of those are, are definitely true, but you know, I'd say, I'd say, you know, the, 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 the rock star might be a little, a tad um, generous. Well, yeah, you know. So recently, you've started a Instagram review channel. Yeah, pizza, pizza Instagram review channel, man. Yeah, called yeah. Um, Bite Twice, Rate the Slice, which is fantastic. Well, Bite Twice Pizza Reviews. We had, we had to abbreviate it. To, well, not abbreviate, oh. We had to make it more snappy for the for the you know the the buzzwords. I see. Yeah, I see. The yeah, buzz. Yeah, man. Um, so basically, at the beginning of um, this year, I've just kind of been furloughed for a year. Just bit of being really good at not homeschooling and basically just kind of being a lazy <laughs> fuck and um, and I was just like I was like I've got to do something I've got to do something yeah. I've been looking watching a lot of this um, Dave Pomeroy in the States and thinking no one's doing that in the UK and so basically just started doing it for fun you know I, I thought I knew a lot about pizza at the time turns out I knew f- about pizza but I've learned a lot and stuff and I just I just really enjoy yeah. it I really I've, you know this is a kind of outlet for me to perform and to kind of just be a little bit yeah. creative and a bit wacky yeah, yeah so yeah man it's, it's good fun and people seem to like it you know we, it's just it's growing slowly and steadily and oh that's great man and you're sometimes co-host I guess the man who films is he called Paul or is he called Paolo? Because you call him both things. He's an Irish geezer called Paul, man, but it's more right. cred, cred if I call him Paolo. <laughs> Especially because, you know, me being abbreviated, my name abbreviated to Jerry, people yeah. just don't really get it. And especially, you know, this really thick Italian accent that I harbour. Yeah. That's, that's covered with <laughs> yeah. this South London, uh, this South London sort of twang. Yes. What's weird, Ben, is 22 years ago, man, you were a West Country boy, man, and now you're as about South London as me, bro. <laughs> you spent more of your life in South London than you have in, in the plim. What are you chatting about, fam, lad? I'm not South London, lad. Proper South London. So, this week, we are going to be discussing the Sopranos prequel, the Many Saints of Newark. Um, now, Jerry, on our show, before we get into the chat, we like to do something called the Summer We, which is a summary of the movie that I'm going to do, which lasts as long as it would take you to do a big morning we. So, what might you have had to drink for me that would uh, sustain? The length of a good a good old morning wee. Okay, well I'm in, I'm in events, so sometimes I run my own bar, and when I do that, I can drink pretty f- solidly. So let's just imagine that I've been nailing the brew dogs all, all, all night, man, and like you know I went to bed absolutely blathered, you know, and yeah. I, that's that's my morning piss. Yeah, fantastic. So how long do you reckon I'd have? One minute ten seconds. There you go. All right, man. Cool. Thank you. One minute ten seconds. Eamon, are you ready to record my attempt at a quick? Summer we. Uh, just let me Google timer. Okay. There we go. I'm good. Okay. Here we go. All right. Three, two, one, go. So it's the late 60s and a young Tony Soprano accompanies his uncle Dickie to welcome home Ray Liotta, Dickie's dad, and his very young and beautiful Italian bride. Dickie is part of a New York crime family along with a bunch of younger characters from the Sopranos and they're all doing pretty well. Dickie is unhappy with the way his dad treats his new wife and after they get in a fight about it, Dickie loses his temper and bashes his head in. Thankfully, a bunch of riots have kicked off in the city and Dickie uses this to his advantage, burning down a building to cover up the murder. We fast forward a bit after Tony's dad is sent to jail for four years. Dickie embarks on an affair with his stepmom. 
Tony starts getting in trouble at school and we meet Ray Liotta again, this time as Dickie's incarcerated uncle. Another jump forward and Tony's dad is released from prison as one of Dickie's old associates, Harold, decides to start his own criminal enterprise in Newark. This leads to some bloodshed and a wake at which Uncle Junior slips and hurts his back, which Dickie finds hilarious. Oops! Then Dickie finds out his goomar stepmom had a go on Harold and drowns her in the sea. This leads to the realisation that he's not a very good person and he decides to distance himself from his doting nephew Tony. Then, but hurt Uncle Junior, taking advantage of the tension between Dickie and Harold, has Dickie whacked via a bullet to the back of the head. Tony waits for his uncle in the diner the next morning, but he never shows. Cue the Sopranos theme tune and the end. Oh. Okay. How long do you reckon that was, Eamon? About a minute 28. I overran. There was a lot of story in that film, though. For me to cover. You could almost say there was two films worth of story in that one film. <laughs> you could say that. Um, before we get into it, Jerry, I want to go to the end as the start. Do you remember watching the last episode of The Sopranos? And how did you feel about the ending? Well, at the beginning, when I, the first time I saw it, I was like just sort of sat there going, what the f*** happened? Look, what, what? Yeah. And then obviously I've seen the ending now probably like... 50,000 times, you know, because I do watch it a lot still. You know, in fact, I've started watching it again for the second time in the last like month, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah, yeah. I'm on series two, and um, and I think it's perfect. I think you, you can take what you want out of it. And, and let's be honest, the reality, as much as you didn't want him to die, you know, the reality is he probably did. That's what happens to people who enter that life, that life, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and I say this with like 17 years since the last series and stuff, and you kind of grow up and now you're that age. And you look at it, and I do, you yeah. know, and I, I look at it now, and I think, oh my god, what a piece of shit. you know, like literally, like the worst human being in the world. And chances are, he did die, or he's in prison. Yeah. You know, but it could be any of those things, or it could not be. He could actually just be like still free because he's so ruthless and throws everyone else under the bus. You know, yeah. That 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 could be that could, and I think that was the beauty of it is it just kind of leaves it utterly open to what we want it to be and you know what man when you piss people off with endings you've hit the right spot i think what we wanted to see from the last series of tony walking into the sunset and being like and never going to prison or or that's what we wanted to see but the reality of it is is that would have been the wrong ending because we wouldn't have been talking about it apparently david chase did shoot a post credit sequence of tony on a sun lounger arms behind his head looking directly at the camera and saying it doesn't get any better than this <laughs> and then an, an iris into his eye and then a wink and then it was over <laughs> and in the 11th hour he decided to cut it out i can't believe he got rid of that can you believe that <laughs> i know foolish <laughs> that would be great <laughs> do you not think he definitely died at the end i'm sure that he, he's dead so yeah absolutely yeah. but then do you know what maybe there's a chance he didn't and that's the beauty of it there's nothing definite about that's true Personally, I think he's dead. But as you said, it is open to interpretation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. I agree with what you said. I think the beauty of that ending is that slight ambiguity in in its meaning. And I think there's very strong hints as to what happens. But I think one of the things David Chase did so well is not treat his viewers like idiots. It was interesting what you said then, Jerry. You've realised that Tony is an awful, awful person. I thought he was pretty cool. I thought they were all quite cool. Coming back to it, I realised how awful they actually were. They were all horrible. But everyone, like Carmela, who I used to think was like the moral backbone, is a massive hypocrite. 
And and Meadow is horrible. I think Meg Meadow watching this, because I was thinking about this, she constantly sticks up for her dad. And you've got to understand, like, that's, that's what any daughter would do, because she's been corrupted with those lies. I think that the kids are the most innocent out of everyone, is they've just been raised, in the same way as Tony was raised in the family, to accept that that's just what you do. The kids yeah. have done the same. And even though his kids didn't take the dip into organised crime, they're still the same. You know, they, they're still sold this lie. And you, you know, all you ever want to do is see the in your parents ultimately you know yeah and obviously they gained massively through their incredibly privileged lives yeah. through having like a dad who runs the crime in north jersey yeah were you a naughty boy jerry were you a naughty boy when you were little never <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon i think you might have got up to a little bit of mischief Eamon, what about you were you a naughty boy um nope <laughs> so yeah uh, I, really think, I don't think I ever did anything naughty not through being a decent person but just being terrified of getting caught yeah really just cowardice that has kept me on the straight and narrow I mean I fantasise all the time about like doing horrible things <laughs> If I knew I could get away with it, I definitely would. See, I think I'd be a wicked criminal. I've got that kind of, that street smart a little bit. Yeah. But my, the consequence of going to prison stops me from being too much. Well, Jerry, you strike me as the kind of person who has the gift of the gap. You could strike up a conversation with anyone. You have that sort of charisma. Whereas I think I, once I snapped, I would just become like a psycho. <laughs> it would be charming. Everyone would be like, oh, my, oh my God, there's that horrible man. Yeah, you'd be, you know, going into the film now. Dicky, he's a very charismatic, charming guy, but he has these moments of just like blackout rage where he does horrendous things. I think that would be you, Eamon, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to talk about the time I had an affair with my stepmom and then murders her in the sea. <laughs> but I went and watched it twice. And so one thing I really noticed, you know, when the voice of Chris's voice comes over and he goes, it was 1967. And he goes, Neil Young had just done his speech from the moon. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that's perfect obviously like chris is stupid like the times <laughs> so dumb. speaking speaking of that christopher Moltisanti's voiceover what did you think of it necessary joy is right it's i love the sopranos so like I, I, ultimately I, I didn't care if this was good or, or bad i wanted it to be good and i thought and the second time i watched it it was much much better than the first time i had east village picture house to myself it was fucking amazing man like the best 11 pound i've ever spent in my life but I loved his voice. It had that Goodfellas edge where he was trying to copy Ray Liotta, you know. Yeah. I found it a little jarring. Like Christopher's voice from Beyond the Grave. It was one of the things that sort of took me out of the film. He basically says over and over again, as Tony Soprano, he killed me. He says that about at least three or four times. <laughs> Yeah. So I liked it. I liked the voice from the grave, well, man. You... Honestly, the second time I watched it, it all made so much more sense, man. I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Well, you you know, you bite twice, then you rate the slice. Ah, mm. God, he's done the same thing with the film. We've only bitten once. Although sometimes you do only bite once. Sometimes I ate, I ate one slice and like one bite. Do you think it would have been better if Chrissy was in screen, but all like ashy <laughs> and like white? It's like, oh, I'm Chrissy's ghost. Like Jacob Marley with chains. Exactly, yeah. Oh, I'm in hell. Tales from the crypt. <laughs> and every so often you could just see him in the back of a scene just watching <laughs> and then like looking at the camera going, can't believe he said that. I'd like it if it was a Muppet version of Christopher as well. <laughs> the ghost of Christmas past. Yeah. Okay, cool. So Christopher's in it. How did you feel about, or the other interpretations of the characters from The Sopranos? First time I watched it, I saw like, I thought Silvio was just this like... Uh, a Caricature. The caricature. But then the second time I watched it, I thought it was 
fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> The first time I watched it, I thought Paulie was a caricature of himself. But then the second time I watched it, I thought, no, that's fantastic. Like, it changed my like whole mindset on the film, to be honest with you. I thought Tony Soprano's son yeah. has done an amazing job at learning the character, and especially because that's his first major role in anything. You know, like, I thought he did a really good job. And I thought Livia was yeah. literally her. Like, she, yeah, like, she, she was amazing. But that's why I kind of like that. I like the humour yeah. behind it. I like, like, the fact that Silvio was just, like, like, too much. Do you know what I mean? He was the one I struggled with. Livia was amazing. When she got shot in the beehive, that was an amazing scene. That's hilarious. Love they put that. In. I like the guy who paid Paulie because he kind of did his own thing with it. But Silvio, it felt like like a Saturday Night Live impersonation. It just didn't work for me. I felt the same. If you look at like Paulie, you could see like in fifty years he would evolve into that old guy with all those ticks. Whereas I feel like Silvio, you have to become that old guy with that very extreme personality whereas you wouldn't be that fully formed as a character yeah i agree also guys the inconsistencies with timeline f***ed me off a little yeah. bit they talk about silvio pussy and jackie all being and ralphie all yeah. being part of the same crew and all yeah. of a sudden like i know that they're only like five six years older in this film but it was like no no, no silvio in the first series, their kids go to the same yeah. school together. And, like, Paulie's supposed to be way older. He's supposed to be Johnny's age. Yeah. But actually, yeah. him and Sylvia are almost the same age. And I just yeah. thought, no, and that, that didn't all. But at the same time, I thought, Do you know what? Who cares? Because ultimately, Pine yeah. Barrens, when um, they go into the woods, and yeah, uh, yeah. there's never any answers for that. Yeah, yeah. And actually, does it bother me? No, it doesn't bother me. Because no. it's the Sopranos. How did you feel about... Um uncle junior it kind of makes sense because i started watching the first series after i watched the film and you realize when junior still has his power how like desperate junior was for it and kind of watching that now you kind of realize that junior is this like mocked yeah. guy the only reason he's there is because of his brother that character really explains why junior is such an arsehole he jarred me a little bit but at the same time after it made so much sense yeah what yeah, did you yeah. think of him Eamon? i liked him i thought the guy Corey stoll i thought did a good job because he is this kind of he reminds me a little bit of the emperor from gladiators gladiator sorry not not the tv show gladiators whacking phoenix yeah in that he's not a natural born leader he doesn't command respect but he is cunning and vicious you can see the game ahead of him and is able to sort of yeah. pull strings but he's never like an alpha male dominant figure that will garner the same sort of respect yeah. as someone like tony and they even sort of reference that in it someone makes a joke at his expense about his girlfriend or something and he doesn't have a comeback and dickie is like you're just gonna let him say that yeah he does isn't he so i think it's kind of like a thankless task in a way for the actor but he think he did a really good job he just felt like a bit too much of a physical presence Uncle Junior, he's always, he's kind of this weakling. He's a bit like me. Is he slender? Yeah. Looks like Sid Little, doesn't he? He does. It's like he would have grown up, people would have mocked him for his whole life. I felt probably because of the way he looked and the way he was, just kind of like a weakling. Yeah. So this guy, Corey Stoll, was pretty stacked. That I found a bit off-putting, that he was he was quite as sort of handsome and uh, big <laughs> as he was in the movie. When I Googled it, I actually realised how handsome the, 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 the actor actually is. He's like a yeah. really good-looking guy, man. Yeah. Yeah. So they've managed to do like a, a good job actually like dumbing him down, but not enough. What did you make of Ray Liotta? It was interesting because when I watched it and he was there in the beginning, I was just like, this guy is an absolute ham. He's eating up the scenery all over the place. Why is he going so <laughs> over the top? And then I realised it was because 
he plays his twin brother who's like the silent strong type and so he had to do that to kind of compare and contrast turn it up to turn it down do you know what was interesting though you know he says he's like my grandfather Mm. wasn't a made guy um, he was only an associate. But the reason he was never a made guy was because his brother had killed somebody in the family and the rules say that he, basically that's it. Ah, right. Yeah, I didn't realise that. Which is interesting, the fact that they let Christopher in further down the generations. Because, yeah, yeah. And that was obviously because of Tony's support. <sighs> Honestly, it's not what it used to be, is it? <laughs> How would you feel, though, if your dad brought home a beautiful young bride off the boat? How do you think you feel about that? <laughs> It'd be weird as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> when you're like raised in a norm of murder your moral compass is like all over the place yeah you know? everything's just out the window isn't it I love mafia movies they're my favourite movies in the world man but uh, I think the older you get where the glamour fades off of it you realise that they are just pieces of f***ing <laughs> shit man like you know yeah. again you know when I was a kid I never quite got this because when Italians would moan oh you know because I love I love Gamora you know you say to a Neapolitan person oh do you love Gamora which I think has done loads for Napoli's and tourism but they all turn around and they're pissed off they're like why you talk to anyone they go first thing they say to you is Gamora talk to an Italian American and the first thing people go to them is like the mafia and stuff and it's, they kind of flirt with it and they're the Sopranos yeah. and they go oh, it's, it's, it's a stereotype yeah. and all that sort of stuff and it, but it really is man like there's so much more beauty to the Italian culture and, and yeah. people do lean to it and, and the thing is I'm as much to blame for that because I feel love those movies you know yeah all... you very much embraced that part of the culture <laughs> totally embraced it but i guess what i've realized yeah. i've got older though is how piece of shit these people are you know, they're, they're total like ruins man just coming back to that other point ben would you bang your uh stepmom <laughs> um it's really really hard to put myself in that hypothetical situation to be honest damon it's a difficult decision for you because your actual mum's a real hottie isn't she <laughs> when we were younger if ever i used to say that ben's sister was pretty mad he would get so don't need to worry about that anymore she is a she's a real dog face now <laughs> <laughs> oh oh man if i decide to leave this in to the edit i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah no i remember that yeah washes over my head she is she's very pretty Mm. so try and get a rise out me jerry whatever yeah ben did just punch his own fist but he's not you're not got got a rise out of him so what you want yeah so jerry you know what makes a good pizza what would you say makes it pineapple right (sighs) Oh. Some delicious rings of pineapple. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that that that's overstepping the line. Oh, and uh, barbecue sauce base <laughs> and just a ton of pineapple. <laughs> this fucking guy, this fucking guy. But what makes a good gangster movie? What do we look for in a gangster movie? Have you ever seen Gotti? John Travolta. Imagine that is the opposite of what any gangster movie <laughs> should be. Do you know the, the most perfect gangster movie ever is Goodfellas? I don't think it's been done better than that. I love The Godfather. The, the Godfather talks of like an old Italian mafia that does not exist and it hasn't existed since um, the Lucky Luciano days. But Goodfellas, it is the perfect gangster movie it's brutal you love them and hate them in equal measures you want to be them but at the same time realize that it's just a horrendous lifestyle and ultimately it influenced the second greatest gangster movie ever which is pulp fiction you like uh, lucky number 11 ben you always go on about that (laughs) 
I do. I always you always go. That's so you say seven. when it comes to gangster films, you do that thing that chefs do, where you go. <laughs> I think for me, there has to be a psycho, and you know, Joe Pesci in Goodfellas is one of the scariest characters in any film, horror, whatever. And that is alongside a Robert De Niro who's a fucking psychopath, and he makes Robert yeah. De Niro look soft. Right, lads, I've got a game for you. Oh. I am going to read a quote from The Sopranos, and you have to tell me who said it. Okay. First quote. Death just shows the ultimate absurdity of life. Oh, that's a toughie to begin with. That's not an easy one. It's, it's going to be like a f- comedy character, isn't it? Someone we wouldn't expect to say it. Christopher? It's not Christopher. Um... Oh, I know who it is. It's AJ. It's when he reads The Outsider or something. It is AJ. <laughs> oh, God, these are hard. I'm embarrassed. Next one. What the hell would we have in common? Bunions? You know how I feel about feet. Oh, that's either Junior or Olivia. Yeah, that sounds like a good guess. I think it's Junior. Yeah, are we going with Junior? Mm. Yeah, well done. Okay, here we go. Anybody ever die in your arms? Give it time. See if I can't make that happen for you. Oh, oh that's that. I know exactly that is. The Turk. Phil Filiotardo. Yeah, Phil Liotardo, yeah. He says that to Tony, right? About Christopher. Yeah, he does. Yeah. It is. It's Phil Liotardo, yeah. Oh, Philly! <laughs> yeah. Phil getting his head crushed and then someone throwing up in the petrol station <laughs> is one of the greatest scenes of all time. Brilliant. Yeah, it's a brilliant. Okay. This is a good one. You ever go to tie your shoes and you notice the end of your laces are wet? That's Paulie Walnuts. Yeah, that's right. That's Paulie. Okay. Um, and if you want my advice, Anthony, don't expect happiness. Oh, that's Livia, isn't it? That's exactly right. Yeah, it is Livia. Yeah. It is. Yes. Yes. Okay. Doing well. Why was I born handsome instead of rich? Is it Silvio? I'm not going to say anything. I'll let you decide. No, it's Ralphie. It's Ralphie. Well done. It's Ralphie. Okay. This is the last one. This ain't negotiation time. This is Scarface. Final scene. Christopher. Bazooka's under each arm. Christopher. Say hello to my little friend. (laughs) Yeah, that is Christopher. Christopher. When they just hear news that Jackie Jr. is dead. That's right. Well done, Jerry. I am impressed. That was very good. All right. So we need to decide whether we are going to flush the many saints of Newark down the toilet or if we are going to fish it out of the bowl and keep it like Hollywood Dick's trophy wife so the many saints of newark would you flush it or would you fish it out having watched it twice 100 percent take it out it, you know i wouldn't put it on the oscar shelf but I'd, it's definitely better than um jimmy blue eyes or whatever it was Got mickey it. blue eyes <laughs> you know it's, you know, it's definitely better than like this yeah you know, you know and i like i want more i want more yes take it out give me more all right cool amen uh I don't think this film has the makings of a varsity athlete, I'm afraid. <laughs> I would flush this. I wish they'd made this into a miniseries because the whole subplot with the New York riots, it's so relevant. That story just kind of dropped off in the third act. You had like post credit scene of the guy moving into a white neighbourhood and that kind of wrapped his story up. I think David Chase, like his artistic medium that he excels at is television. A great irony because he loves movies more than anything else. But this felt like two separate stories and it didn't feel like there was no kind of like narrative drive. It didn't feel like it was building up towards something. There was no big climax. It was like episodic. And if you'd taken all that content, turned it into like eight episodes, I think it would have been fantastic and rich and detailed, just like The Sopranos. But Mm. trying to do too much with too little. 
and I and I freaking love David Chase, but I would I'm afraid I'd have to flush this down. What about you, Ben? I'm really sorry, Jerry, but I would flush <laughs> it too. <laughs> it was just like Eamon said, there was just too much. I wish they'd made this into a series. I really liked Dickie Maltesanti. I thought he was a great character. I liked his story. Yeah. That was the thing I enjoyed the most. I would have been quite happy if they just focused on him. But every time they brought in another character from the series, it sort of took me out of the film. It was just, they tried to do too much. And in the end, I got a bit lost. I remember watching the fourth series of The Sopranos yeah. and being really disappointed because the third series was just like, it took it to the Hollywood movie level. And yeah. it, now I watch the fourth series and I love it. I actually agree with everything both you said, but please watch it again. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. I, I will, guarantee I you, you, you will, you will find a, a small newfound love in your heart for it. I'll tell you what, maybe what we'll do is we'll keep the film in a bucket in the uh, bathroom. <laughs> so once we look at it again, oh. we can then flush it permanently or fish it out. Maybe I'll reach down the bowl once I've seen it again and yank it out again. Do, do watch it know. again, guys. Do watch it again. I've really enjoyed this, guys, I must say. Thank you for doing it. It was really good yeah, fun. Yeah, thanks, Jerry. Thank you for having me on, man. Like, at Bite Twice Pizza Reviews. Yeah, that's it. Go and, go and follow us. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So we will leave your bathroom space now, and you can bask in the glory of the many saints of Newark while we move on to other films. Good <laughs> luck, guys. Really enjoyed this. Cheers, Jerry. Cheers. All right. Good. So that was The Many Saints of Newark. I'm not sure if Jerry expected us <laughs> to flush it. It's what you get sometimes. I know. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, man. It was really lovely to catch up. Cool. So we are now on to our top five, top five of the week. And this week, obviously, I mean, it's top five gangster films, isn't it? Yeah, I, I said to, to Ben, because it's a very broad topic, I wondered if there was like a way of doing films off the back of TV shows always happens the other way always get a tv series off the back of a film this is true so mm. we're not doing that but, no. but thanks for that uh, thanks for explaining our inner workings so the way top five works is we have three guesses of each other's top fives whoever gets the most correct answers gets to choose next week's film whomever shall get the most wrong doth do a forfeit of which we shall speak after we have chosen. Ooh, a little bit of drama there. Yeah? You like that? I did. A pretty uh, Shakespearean. You did the forfeit last week. I did, yeah. So, you get to choose first. And I uh, feel like this might be to my disadvantage. Yeah, I mean, this is a gimme. I mean, if you don't have this, I feel like we can't do the podcast anymore. Hmm. Um, this is a double. Okay. Good fellas. No. Yeah, of course I have. Ah! <laughs> you see his face. You see his oh, face. Oh, you see his face. Stitch me up. Oh, mate. Proper oh. murked you there, didn't I? You did. Of course, Goodfellas is on my list. Ugh. It's one of my favourite all-time films. Okay, this is a double. City of God. You cheeky little minx. Yes, I've it. got that. Yeah, well yeah. done. Well mm -mm. done. I didn't think you'd get that at all. Mm -mm -mm. Well done. Nice. Okay, that's good. It's such oh, a, man. a brilliant film. It's incredible. I haven't oh. seen it for a very long time, and I must Same. I must watch it again. Oh, it's a fantastic colour palette. Oh, a little palette. And the bees on the same. It's mostly about the colour palette. <laughs> it is. I yeah. actually watch it with the volume off. That's the most pretentious thing you've ever said. <laughs> Okay.
I'm going to say uh, Godfather Part 2. Is it a double? Nope. Oh, okay. Yes, I do have The Godfather mm. Part 2. I love The Godfather Part 2. I love The Godfather, but I love The Godfather Part 2 more. I rewatched them both recently, and yeah. they're, they're fine films, but I, I kind of feel like, having watched something like The Sopranos, mm. which feels like almost like a reality series, it, it feels so believable. When you then watch something like The God godfather it's just it just seems ludicrous that the people would behave that way like honorable murderers and thieves it was like, like just... jerry mentioned that he mm. said it was the godfather is an old mafia that doesn't really exist anymore i'm quite interested in the mafia when i was a bit younger and i've read around it a little bit well you tried to join didn't you <laughs> <laughs> um okay this is a duplicate the departed no oh okay Cool. Interesting. So if I get if I get this, if then, you get uh, this, it's all you've, over, done, mate. you've done a win. Okay, yeah, I'm going to say Gamora. No, I found the film really hard work. It's very good, but it's really horrible. Okay, I'll say The Untouchables. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Is that a draw? Yeah, it's two each. It's penalty shootout, mate. Isn't it? It's penalty oh. shootout. Right, I'm going to say Mean Streets. No. I feel this is hard now. I'm going to have to go for broke here. Mm -hmm. The problem is I have one more on my list. And if I say it, that's the double and I've said it. Well, then I win. How? Because you've revealed all your all your answers. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but it kind of does. That's kind of in a way. In a way it does. Okay, fine. My last guess. Pop fiction. No. That was a double. That's all my answers gone. That's all your answers gone, yeah. So you've got how many left that I haven't guessed? Two. How does... I don't understand. How does that work? Because I did lots of doubles. Yeah. Poo. Oh, poo and a bum. So there's yeah. new techniques that we need to... That I should use for this game. That's right. You you, you rely too heavily on doubles. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's come back to bite you. It and, has. You know, all right, you fine. have to live with that. You... You win, Eamon. Oh, oh, Eamon. Oh, I won. Oh. <laughs> yeah, let's all celebrate that. Okay, do you want to hear? No, I don't care. Yeah, go on. I'm interested. What were yours? Okay, so I did have, I had Reservoir Dogs. Oh, you are full of it. <laughs> Not Pulp Fiction. Reservoir Do you think Reservoir Dogs is better than Pulp Fiction? I do. I prefer it. Okay. And I had In Bruges. Ah, oh, I should have guessed that. I saw that on a list somewhere. I don't know. In Bruges, brilliant. It's amazing. Good choice. Anyway, okay, cool. So, what's my forfeit this week then? So, like a young Tony Soprano mm. in The Many Saints, you have to steal an ice cream van. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, God. In November. I can say it might be a bit tricky now with the weather, but you're a very enterprising young man. I'm sure you can it's a, it's, find a way. It's a forfeit, so I have to do it. I have to do it. I have to do it. Listen, okay. mate, I had, to, I had to do last week's forfeit. Oh, yeah, what was that? Those uh, eating a shit. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Like, the young boy in the Babadook was told to. How did mm. that go? I, I own guinea pigs, as you may remember. Yes. Snowflake and Jackie Six. Mm -hmm. Guinea pigs do two types of poo. Right. The first one is sort of a slick, glossy poo, mm. which they then re-eat. Oh, the God. The secondary poo is kind of like a hard, husky pellet. Right. So I just had a few of them. Oh, and then good. I felt like, well, then I felt like you just 
neck it with a glass of water. Mm. Felt like I was really sort of cheating, cheating it. So what did you do? I went out and ate a big dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Oh, wow. So, um, next week's movie is what? Is what? No Time to Die. Ah, excellent. And we have mm. a guest. Another another one? Another guest. Another guest. So, we have a guest, a lovely man called Alex Robson, who mm. uh, hosts his own podcast with his brother, which is all about the animated Spider-Man series, which is made in the 90s. And it's very entertaining and very fun and very much up our street. And he also owns a hot business called Penny's Pizza. And they make ridiculously good pizzas. Uh, So we're keeping with the pizza theme. Um, So yeah, yeah. we're going to be chatting to him next week. And that is going to be real fun. He's a big Bond fan and he knows lots about movies. So yeah, good, good good times ahead. Can't wait. Yeah, good. Sounds like genuine enthusiasm. All my enthusiasm is genuine. So that's next time. But for this time, we're done. Like Dickie's dad in The Many Saints of Newark, we have smashed this podcast head against the steering wheel until it doesn't move anymore. And the life has been drained out of it. There we go. There it is. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Do the social media thing. Uh, go on the podcast places. We're on Twitter again, Eamon. Yeah, we are. We are. We're not. We're not big. <laughs> we've got seven more followers than Donald Trump. So that's true. Oh, we've go. also we're on. Um, what's his What's his social media network called? Truth. We're going to be on Truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're going to sign up to that. Going to yeah. be on Truth, definitely. Def- yeah, yeah, I'm getting. I don't want to worry you, but I'm getting really into uh, you know QAnon and uh, <laughs> what's that thing they all say. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad you're getting into that. Mm-hmm. All right, take care. Eamon, finish this mess. Keep flushing. Uh, good, we will. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> <laughs>